0: The climate is changing at an accelerating pace.
1: Thousands of residents and tourists have been evacuated from the region.
0: No one country can solve this problem. There's really one key message that emerges from this report. We are out of time. Welcome to Climate Change and Happiness, an international podcast that explores the personal side of climate change your feelings, what the crisis means to you, and how to cope and thrive. And now, your hosts, Thomas Doherty and Panu Pihkala. Hello, I am Thomas Doherty. And I am Panu Pihkala. And welcome to Climate Change and Happiness, our podcast... A show for people around the globe who are thinking deeply about the personal side of climate change, particularly their feelings about climate change, their emotions about climate change, how it's affecting them personally, how it affects their actions in the world. Um, and we are welcoming all of you listeners to be with us. And as Panu and I talk about these things for ourselves personally and in our in our professional work, um, Panu, today is I'm really struck with this, this concept or one of our recent episodes, we talked about holding space. And, um, mm. today I'm, st- I'm really struck with this, this, this idea of synergy of things happening that are, that are re- that are related. I mean, you and I have been having a synergy in, in your, in, in what you're doing in Finland and what I'm doing here in the US. A brief example. I was speaking to Beth Carlin and Larissa Dooley at the, the sea chains Institute here in the U S is that's a former uh, colleague, colleague of mine, psychologist, and they're, they're doing behavioral change work here in the community, and they were approached to do a study on um, youth in California, particularly black and indi- black indigenous people of color, BIPOC youth, around climate anxiety, and they they reached out to me, and we were we were we were chatting. I referenced the the big study, the Lancet study that you've been involved in. Um, just this morning, I got a. a a a reviewer invitation to review a journal article on someone doing, you know, psychological support groups for young people, students dealing with climate change, uh, distress, you know, in, in, in classes, in environmental studies classes, which if Mm -hmm. listeners who have taken environmental studies or conservation science classes know the doom and gloom really comes into those classrooms Mm -hmm. and it can be really Mm -hmm. tough. And so, uh, you know, these, there's this positive synergy of us working together. I was able, able to uh, connect Beth with uh, Amy Likens in Australia, who's doing research on young people in Australia, around the fires in Australia and the wildfires, and also research in Fiji and the Pacific Islands. So there's a community of us doing things, and there's a positive synergy. And that's, that's just one thing that people might come across when they're working on climate change. Um, there's negative synergies, and we'll get we'll get to those too. But uh, but there's positive ones too. Or just there are synergies, and we can put away the labeling of them. And where does that where how does that hit for you in terms of this? You know, any synergies or what you're experiencing in your work?
1: It's a very interesting concept. Um, in, in Finnish language, we have many original words, but you know, synergy we say synergia. So that's a very uh-huh. literal <laughs> anglism, uh-huh. just picking it up. But of course, synergy itself comes very closely from more ancient language languages than, than, than English. And I do experience it a lot in my work, luckily. Of course, there are also times when it seems hard to find. I'm thinking, for example, in those... Early years when I started to focus heavily on eco-anxiety research in 2015 and 2016, and everybody thought I was really strange to, mm-hmm. to change research topic to that, to that one. But, but lately, uh, during the last three years, there's definitely been great synergy going, going around and that gives you energy, you know, literally synergy and en- en- energy. So it's
0: mm-hmm. a
1: global, global thing. And I think it's very important that we keep matters open and flowing. Another thing that instantly comes to my mind is the way that in the universities, unfortunately, competition culture has grown even more intense in the 2000s thousands and many people mm-hmm. blame roughly neoliberalism for it. Of course it's easy to blame neoliberalism for, for everything but there's, there's something something there and that's of course something that I really detest and, and dis- dislike but uh, I've rather tried always to be open to various sy- synergies and uh, not to be picky about sh- sharing some ideas and research and so on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So yes, synergy, you know, I'm glad you made the connection with energy, which I wasn't obviously making, but it is, it is shared energy. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what we need. That's what all of us need and uh, to survive right now is shared energy and in shared direction, but that, you know, mutually advantageous, I'm looking at the dictionary, you know, mutually advantageous conjunction or compatibility of distinct participants, you know? And so resources and efforts so we need shared efforts shared resources uh we all need to be careful about those aspects of our life that 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 tend to um limit limit sharing Mm. limit limit cooperation uh and there's there's unfortunately a a long list of those kinds of things including the the kind of competition and 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 scarcity mentality that comes you know in some of these kind of capitalist neoliberal uh kind of situations you know the um Fights are so bitter because the stakes are so small, you know, as they say. and in, in, in academia, people are fighting for their for their funding, and that, that's a, that's a that's a that's a piece. So I know some of you all are, are, are thinking about that. Um, but yes, yeah, synergy. It, and some of it's it is coincidence, and it just happens to mm. be. I, I I listeners might might know, uh, you know, I do my own counseling and therapy work as a psychologist, and I see clients, and I've, I've been getting more. In the old days I would I would say I you know true ecotherapy clients or true clients that were coming in specifically because of the environment mm-hmm. nature or climate change were relatively rare say like 10 years ago I mean they were out there and people would find you, but a lot most people would come into the actual counseling because of mm-hmm. a much more proximal thing like they lost their job or had a relationship breakup or they're depressed or anxious or difficulties parenting all the life the catastrophe you know the daily catastrophes of life that we cope with you know that's what really brings people in for to seek that mm-hmm. help but now it's changed and people are coming in specifically because of climate and issues and i had i happen to have two people come in new new folks to me that won't one after the other independently both had connections with the chernobyl um radiation the the, the nuclear accident in chernobyl one of the one of the person was austrian and kind of relocated to the u.s and another person had uh was also in the U.S., but they would—they had been born in Belarus and that had, had come to the U.S. when they were younger. And both of them cited Chernobyl as a as an instigating factor in their environmental identity, and their sense of themselves and nature, because they both had childhood experiences of being afraid of the radiation. Now, as someone growing up in the U.S., I, I don't know anything about that. I know about it just intellectually that I know that that problem happened, but they spoke to the actual. You know experience of of that and um, you know that was that was an interesting coincidence as well and, and, and it brought into mind you know how we get primed for different you know and you know when we talk about eco anxiety and things you know people have are are primed so there's these different different kinds of synergies um yeah that's that's very interesting interesting
1: Thomas and uh, actually living in Finland uh, the place where I grew up got some fallouts from chernobyl because of the direction of the wind it it came came to finland nothing even nearly as bad uh, as in belarus for example but still there's been a long-standing discussion uh, about the e- effects of the radiation and in some areas still if you pick up mushrooms you should boil them one extra time because they have still deposited radiation from Chernobyl so, so that's sort of close to me and that brings me to another aspect of synergy um, or close to it as a word is synchronicity mm-hmm. this old concept of two things happening uh, roughly at the same time or in some connection with each other so that for the person there is a a meaning uh, born uh, in relation to that connection. I think it comes from Jung and Jungian psychology. I don't know if it has even longer roots. It it, it may, may have, but once I was thinking about radiation and, you know, as a research team, so-called nuclear anxiety and eco-anxiety that's been one of the things I've been thinking, thinking about and then I turned on the radio and it started with a news item uh, about radiation and going back to the history with Chernobyl and so on mm-hmm. so that's a real synchronicity which happened something like five, five years ago I'm now reminded of, of, of it and of course many of these things um, people can say they are just going into incidences and so on but still they are part of of people's lives in complex ways
0: yeah so it's a meaning you know so we're all making meaning about these connections and we live in a lot in systems we're embedded in systems and there's things are happening so yes I think you know for everyone who's listening just kind of sitting you know taking a moment and just thinking yourself and feeling in the moment again taking a breath and saying okay here I am I'm embedded in all the systems of my life and there are potential synergies that are happening there are these um, bad memories and dangers, and you know technological disasters that poison our poison our lands and something that we have to live with. And then you know we are making meaning by how things come to us. You know, mm. so it's something to be it's something to be aware of. One synergy that's problem can be problematic uh, is synergy of the you know media taking in media imagery and social media and the news and being a you know like a news junkie as we might say in the united states Mm -hmm. you know that that floods us with all kinds of disparate information and factoids and and ads and and headlines and things like that which can create um, uh, all kinds of synergies some of which are really overwhelming you know and it overwhelms Mm -hmm. our nervous system if we take in too much you know, so if you take in too much disparate, troubling information that you don't have any direct connection to or control over, it's it's just the perfect recipe for for a sense of global anxiety and a global angst. Yeah, exactly. A weltschmerz, as we say. And so so there's a synergy. Now, if I if I'm more mindful of what I'm taking in and and directing my attention toward news or research or things that are interesting and helpful to me then there could obviously be a positive synergy and we can all get on that positive synergy of finding things that are really fascinating and inspiring. Um, So again, yeah. Uh, I've
1: heard and read from you, Thomas, at quite early point during the 2010s, this advice to limit one's climate diet. And of course now, both in relation to COVID-19 media coverage and eco-anxiety and climate anxiety that advice has become more widespread Uh, but I link you with one of the early uh, early advice givings of of that and I strongly resonate with it and there's energy also in the news cycles and there's some conscious design I think especially of the American news culture that tends to suck one in and you know even causing some addictions and so so on so it, it can take strength of will that's another thing that we might discuss more sometimes this mm-hmm. old, old idea of strength of will and social support can help a lot in that That of course but that's something that I personally do also I don't actually usually read the news in the morning I start my mornings more gently and do some research and reading and only then check out the news of course I'm in a sort of privileged position that there's no uh, instant threats coming my way but many people in the world are sharing that same position. It's not obligatory to immerse yourself right after you have woken up to the news cycle.
0: Yeah, I would second that. Uh, uh, as a, speaking as a clinical psychologist and a doctor, I would second that very much. That prescription of of, of not immersing yourself. Uh, uh, no, it's 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 really it can be really it can be really toxic, and some people can can surf that can surf that wave for a while. But I think eventually you'll be inundated, uh, by it and it becomes a, an addiction. It becomes an addicting kind of, kind of situation. Um, and, um, yeah, we don't, we don't really have control uh, of the medium. It's a, it's, it's a machine that's much more powerful than us. Um, and I don't think, you know, you know, our, our our frail human psyche and our senses can get get over can get overwhelmed Uh, yeah yeah I very
1: strongly resonate with that thanks for underscoring that and in the workshops and lectures that I'm giving as part of what I do I've in an increasing manner met people who are very compassionate and passionate about environmental concerns and who have trouble uh, facing the news or staying in touch with the news. And of course, I'm trying for my part to share the advice for for them and sometimes people have creative solutions like one person who had sort of given the responsibility of following the news uh, to her husband who was o- more okay with that and so the, then the husband sort of distilled the news in a not so striking imagery fashion so that it was easier to ta- take in so so there's some creativity around this but I that's a problem in Finland I would say too
0: yeah, and I think teaming up, um, teaming up can be helpful. That that example has a kind of a almost a quaint Victorian kind of flavor to it. So some of our some of our our listeners might rankle against having someone you know distill the news, a male distill the news for them. But I think it's really more about the the, the teamwork and this and this and the synergy, and mm-hmm. and taking taking the time, you know. Um, We should probably just spend a moment on this since we're here at this 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 topic uh the idea of a news what what is a news fast or like you say a climate diet you know it is really about just just as just in the same way we would think about how we would um become reflective about any other aspects of our diets like what kind of foods that we eat Mm -hmm. i might want to be more conscious of what kind of foods i eat how much sugar do i consume or coffee or caffeine or alcohol, uh, or, or dairy products or bread or anything like that. And we might eliminate certain things from our diet just to become aware of their effects on us. And it's, and it's a short-term project to see what makes us healthy. And so that's something to keep in mind when you're doing a, a news fast. Like if you t- decided to not listen to the news for a day or a week Uh, Sometimes that'll happen naturally if you're traveling or if someone is Mm -hmm. doing some sort of outdoor adventure where they're away from the, you know, from phones and internet. Um, But, you know, again, it's an activity to help you be healthier and it's, it's an Mm -hmm. experiment and it's a systematic activity because the first, first sort of voice that comes up in a lot of people's head is, well, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be uninformed I don't mm-hmm. want to be uninformed or somehow it's 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 unethical for me to, you know, let go of the news. But it that's that's not really the case. And if you try it, as I'm sure you've known, Panu, I actually feel more informed, you know, mm-hmm. when I break from the news for a few days. I'm much more informed about my life, what's going on around me, what other people are saying. Mm-hmm. Um and and I actually know that i will hear important events that are happening in the world through my social interactions uh mm-hmm. and so i am i am not i am in fact i feel more informed in a sense of more a sense of integrity a sense of stability you know so there's a lot of ways to think about this but you're, you're not burying your head in the sand you're actually in some ways burying your head in the sand when you're when you're just immersed in the news all the time
1: Yeah, um, I think that's very, very well said, said Thomas. And wasn't it Henry David Thoreau who asked, what's so new about news anyway? A, from a sort of classical humanist position, we sort of know that there's both joy and sorrow going on. And reading Shakespeare or the old Old Testament sort of gives the basic idea. Of course, one needs to also to follow it, but it's not obligatory to stay there all the all the time. And a sort of second advice that I usually try to give is related to what I'm been calling binocular vision or skill Mm -hmm. of seeing two levels. Mm -hmm. Binocular vision comes from beyond this pioneering psychotherapist. I've been using it in the sort of media literacy sense that focusing your eyes and senses uh, both on the good and the bad and realizing that the news flow is geared towards the bad and threatening. For some good reasons and for some bad reasons, you know, like trying to get more viewers and readers by uh, show, showing graphic imagery of violence, that's usually not necessary in an ethical ethical sense, for example. But so that this skill of seeing two levels is something that some Finnish psychologists have picked up. Entire recommendations related to eco anxiety, also, so and that tells something of the commonality of the problem in more strong forms of eco anxiety, where it can easily feel that there's
0: nothing good happening in the world and it's just all going down, down, down. Yes, binocular vision. Uh, Wilfred Bion, the British um, psychotherapist, um, Sherry Weber Nicholson. In the, the love of nature, at the end of the world, that's a, one of my my all time favorite uh, favorite books. It, she talks about that binocular vision in, in the therapeutic in the therapeutic realm as well. And again, it's people that are counselors or therapists know that we have binocular vision. We we both hold our own thoughts and feelings within the within the interaction, and then we are sit, sitting with the other person's thoughts or feelings as well. And so that 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 kind of observer self um, is a very important piece of a lot of modern you know. The, you know therapies as well acceptance commitment therapy and things like that is having that having that binocular vision so yeah you know like like you say uh Thoreau, i mean i think he said you know what he he wants to know what was never old is what he says i believe right he wants to know what was never old and you know and he mm-hmm. he's railing against the telegraph you know in 1848 you know it's the telegraph Everybody suddenly realizing they have to know what's news and what's happened in Europe and things like that. So yeah, these issues around media uh, have, are not new. Like a lot of the issues we're we're, we're talking about are not are not new at all. Uh, but another another thing I say is you know I you know we are the news. So like we make our own news. So my life is the news. So when I am not looking at the media, that means I am focusing on my own. I, you, you know, so I, I challenge you know clients to be the news. You know, you're the news. Mm. You know, don't look out. Don't look. Don't look other places for the news. You're the news. Your life is the news. Mm. Your family, your children, your work, your community. That's the news for you. Mm. Um, and I think that's another way of thinking about it to get out of this kind of corporate capitalist kind of kind of thing. You know, you can own the news. You make your own news, so to speak. Oh, that's, um, uh,
1: that's fascinating. That's fascinating. And that, that news is new every morning. So there's also the sort of, you know, every, every day at its time, I'm reminded of that with this emphasis on fo- focusing on what's close close by and most important. Uh, and I do think this links with the synergy also. And th- that's part of this skill of seeing two, two levels is realizing how many people there are actually all over the world who are making all kinds of efforts to build better communities and better societies and to protect the environment and build more holistic relationships with the modern human world and so on. Uh, Paul Hawken has this book called "Blessed Unrest," which mm-hmm. is a one mm-hmm. attempt to bring out how how ridiculous number of environmental NGOs there are, for for example, and that requires a certain focus. We don't usually come across that information. Luckily, of course, there's been the rise of solutions journalism and journalism which brings out also the good news. In Finland, we have a, a Facebook group called good news about sustainability where a bunch of people have committed to share also the many good news because otherwise it might be missing missing from the news cycle but the idea that there's a lot of synergy around and there's a lot of people who are actually doing a lot of things and trying so that that is very comforting for me at least often
0: yeah yeah, there is a lot of, you know, so that, that speaks to more how do we direct our our, our searchlight into the news and be more selective. A couple of other practical things, you know, um, uh, analog news is different than uh, the electronic news. So reading the newspaper, mm. which is, I know, an older an older concept for people. And sometimes it's even hard to get a a good newspaper, but you know, reading paper news is a different experience in our nerve to our nervous system than, than, Mm -hmm. than a web news. And so, and it's a great experiment to try, but take a well-known, any well-known reputable paper. I'll just name well, reputable is questionable, depending on who or what our listeners think <laughs> about the news. Uh, but like, just say a, 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 a seemingly known paper like the New York Times. Now, it's one thing to get on the New York Times website and drill down into all those stories, um, but uh, that could often lead us leave us drained and uh, exhausted, and you know, confused. But if I sit down with the paper and 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 look through it. The, the the media the the information comes at me in a different pace and and i see more of a an ecology of different different things going on in different aspects mm-hmm. of the world mm-hmm. and there's a pacing there uh, i'm not being force-fed electronically into my nervous system the information mm-hmm. i'm taking it in and reflecting on it and, and in real time and so there's different ways to take in to take in information i was in another in another form of synergy uh i was re- approached by a person named Chris Palatroni who's a who's an entrepreneur is working on a an app that helps people share advice about life that they think is important about their life so others can hear it and he's got an idea for this this kind of app and uh he's trying to reach out to certain influencer type people that might want to contribute like a personal advice something that they do personally in their life um that works for them and he's you know so we chatted about that a little bit and you know it's a, it's a provocative question you know what do you personally do that you think is helpful and makes you a better person you know and so that's yeah. a great question for our listeners and for all of us to think about you know one of my one of my news practices that i do i have a couple of couple of, of things daily i say no news before noon that's one of my rules mm-hmm. personally so i i try not to look at any any news particularly any online news before 12 p.m. Mm-hmm. so my you know and that that works pretty well for me and I've been, I've learned to, I've learned to sort of buffer my intake of the news. So first thing in the morning, I I, I devote on on to other things that are again my myself. And then afternoon, you know, I'm free to start surfing the uh, the web, <laughs> you know. But that's just, that's just a personal rule that I have: no news before noon, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I say, no irony before nine was another one. in nine a.m. <laughs> so like, you know, in the morning, I try not, to, even if I'm listening to music or I'm doing other things, I try not to. Get ironic and sarcastic and and, and, and mm-hmm. sardonic. Even like the music that I'll listen to. For example, you and I are music listeners and things like that. So um, I'm going to choose something that's healthy and uplifting before first thing in the morning. So no irony before nine. No news before noon. That's just a, that's not I'm not pushing that on anyone else. But I'm just giving giving an example of mm-hmm. a of a of a of a habit. Uh, you know we can develop these habits
1: yeah 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 i I strongly resonate with that and habits are difficult to change everybody who has some habits which they deem bad no notice but then again the good side is that if you manage to construct a good habit in your life that also sticks and uh, I've seen that happening also in my relation to news and also to some other daily practices. The COVID-19 working remotely from home thing, for example, has brought me a routine of going out every day at about 10, 10 a.m. So that's a sort of middle break in in morning morning work and walking in the near, nearby wo- woods and and so on so that's that's a habit that took some time to form it into a routine and now it happens sort of semi-automatically
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so yeah and listeners we all have developed our, our covid era habits and i know you've got we're going to be talking more about COVID nineteen and your, your research on you know, COVID anxiety mm-hmm. and, and you know how it's affected our personal life. So that's something to look out for coming up here uh, in one of our future discussions. Um, yeah, Panu, I mean, so I think I would like to keep uh, um, the ideas, some of these big ideas like holding space, like synergy, as you know, some of our themes, because we'll 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 return to these. Uh, I I don't know much about the future, but I do know there's going to be more synergies and uh, and both negative and positive coming up here, and all of us are going to be you know riding those waves. Um, you know, you mentioned J.R. Tolkien and the the idea of using using the time that we have, mm-hmm. and so I had to kind of go back to my my Tolkien Fellowship of the Ring, you know, where Frodo was talking about not wishing wishing some of this thing had not happened in his time and. And uh, and you know Gandalf's character has that great line, you know, so do all who live to see such times, but that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us, mm. you know. And so, yes, we all wish we were seeing something else, but all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given us, and that includes our mornings, you know, how we wake up, how we greet the day, how we spend time in our our community, and so, you know, thinking in those big. Those big thoughts, you know, I think can help with some bolstering against the, you know, the, in thinking about the media uh, and the media diet, which is so trivial really in some ways compared to the, what's so important in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's a great quote. That's a great quote. Yeah. Yeah. So great. So again, a synergy uh, of and I are, are having fun with this and listeners, I hope you're enjoying our, our conversations as well. And it's a uh, climate change and happiness.com. Please reach out to us. Please let us know what you're thinking. Um, we're going to be doing more of these conversations. And um, Panu, I hope you have a great rest of your evening.
1: Mm. Uh, thanks. thanks for the lovely discussion again, Thomas. And have, have a good day there
0: uh, where the sun is still shining a bit higher. Yes, we're celebrating the Equinox today. And so um, that's a beautiful time of the year. Take care. Uh, You too. Take care, and thanks, listeners.